On May 12th, Fatima Mohammed called out Israel's human rights violations and crimes against Palestinians during her commencement speech at CUNY Law. She was elected to speak by her fellow students. So let's listen to some of selected portions of that speech, and we'll explain more after that. Like many of you, I chose CUNY School of Law for its articulated mission to be law in the service of human needs. One of very few legal institutions created to recognize that the law is a manifestation of white supremacy that continues to oppress and suppress people in this nation and around the world. In this moment of celebrating who we are, I want to celebrate CUNY Law as one of the few, if not the only law school, to make a public statement defending the right of its students to organize and speak out against Israeli settler colonialism. That this, that this is the law school that passed and endorsed BEDS on a student and faculty level. Recognizing that absent a critical imperialism settler colonialism lens, our work and this school's mission statement is void of value. That as Israel continues to indiscriminately rain bullets and bombs on worshipers, murdering the old, the young, attacking even funerals and graveyards as it encourages lynch mobs to target Palestinian homes and businesses as it imprisons its children, as it continues its project of settler colonialism, expelling Palestinians from their homes, carrying the ongoing Nakba that are silent is no, that our silence is no longer acceptable. We are, we are the student body and faculty that fought back when investor-focused admin attempted to cross the BDS picket line, saying loud and clear that Palestine can no longer be the exception to our pursuit of justice, that our morality will not be purchased by investors. And we did all of this in spite of the racism, in spite of the selective activism, the self-serving interests of CUNY Central, an institution that continues to fail us, that continues to train and cooperate with the fascist NYPD, the military, that continues to train IDF soldiers to carry out that same violence globally, a larger institution committed to its donors, not to its students. Right. So that was Fatima Mohammed um, speaking on May 12th at the CUNY Law commencement speech. And then in a statement on May 30th, the university categorized her address as hate speech and said they condemned such words. The following day, Mayor Eric Adams denounced her comments as well, her comments as well, saying, quote, if I was on that stage when those comments were made, I would have stood up and denounced them immediately. End quote. On the 1st of June, dozens of CUNY faculty sent a letter to the Chancellor and the Board of Trustees requesting them to withdraw their statement against Mohammed. The CUNY controversy has been the subject of several screaming New York Post cover stories and has drawn the ire of Congress, including from Texas Senator Ted Cruz, Richie Torres, and Richie Torres, who is a Democrat from the Bronx. Also, Republican Congressman Mike Lawler from Upper State, New York, who vowed to craft legislation to strip all federal funding for CUNY. 
Last night, CUNY students, workers, and other allies disrupted a board of trustees meeting. Let's listen to some footage from that. We stand with Fatima. Shame on trustees. We stand with Fatima. Shame on trustees. We stand with Fatima. Shame on trustees. And shame on the BOT for throwing one of their students under the bus. We are really so, outraged me, by the treatment of Fatima. Me, you came excuse, in excuse the right-wing press. The New York Post. Me. Who do you represent? Not CUNY. This is this is not what CUNY is about. Grassroots Palestinian group within our lifetime, known as WOL, has been central in organizing support for Muhammad. The organization launched a campaign called We Stand with Fatima. Now we are joined by Nardine Kiswani, chair of Within Our Lifetime, which Muhammad, Fatima Muhammad, is also a member of. Welcome, Nardine, to WBAI. Hi, Amba. Thanks for having me and for covering this important story. It's great to have you here on the Independent News Hour. So, Nardine, you have faced your own fair share of backlash. You also were elected to give a commencement speech at CUNY Law last year. Let's go to a quick clip from that. I am grateful to all of you, and I know that without you, I would not be here. In fact, there were many moments in the last three years where I thought I wasn't going to make it. I've been facing a campaign of Zionist harassment by well-funded organizations with ties to the Israeli government and military on the basis of my Palestinian identity and organizing. All right, so that was you, Nardine, speaking about not being sure if you were going to be able to give the speech itself because there was such a strong campaign against you um, once it was announced that you were going to be a speaker. So can you talk a little bit about that? And then explain how you and Fatima were actually chosen um, by your peers to give these addresses. I'll start with your latter question because it's a little sure. easier to Go answer. for it. Um, but like you mentioned, we're elected by our class. So, you know, Community Law has a full-time day program and it has a part-time evening program. Um, and Fatima and I were both elected by the full-time day class cohort um, to be the speakers for their class. So it's not like, you know, some people call those valedictorians. Um, some people think that like we're elected by the school or invited by the school. No, we're elected by our peers because our peers know exactly what we stand for. And so our speech is not just a reflection of our personal politics, but a reflection of what the graduating class believes in and wants to hear. And, you know, you can tell not just by the fact that they elected us as speakers, but the roaring applause um, during both speeches. So. Um, you know, I faced a, a microcosm of what Fatima is facing now last year when I gave my speech um, before and after I was attacked by um, Zionist organizations um, and, you know, donors and funders of those organizations like the Adam Milstein, like Adam Milstein, um, who runs the Milstein Foundation that funds many of the Zionist organizations that attack Palestinian and other students on campus. And, you know, the, the, the type of attacks were the same, Islamophobic, anti-Palestinian, um, anti-Arab, racist, misogynistic, hateful in every way, shape or form. But of course, Fatima's was amplified even more by the New York Post doing two back-to-back front page covers on this story um, and politicians also fanning the flames. What's funny about 
Eric Adams attacking Fatima is that when he came, we turned our, I was at the graduation, by the way, I watched him give his speech and I watched Fatima give her speech live in person. And people got up and turned their backs to Adams. We booed him. We heckled free Palestine. But of course, that didn't make it into any of the press. Um, meanwhile, there was roaring applause from every single person for Fatima, not a single detractor. And, you know, nobody said anything negative about the speech for weeks after until, um, you know, right wing um, organizations and institutions like and publications like The Post and others um, attacked her. And of course, the CUNY Board of Trustees engaged in this conversation um, with The Post by releasing their own statement. They did something on a smaller level to me last year as well. Uh, the Chancellor of CUNY didn't call it hate speech, um, but he did say that my views are my own and they don't reflect that of the institution. Um, and that he doesn't support BDS or what I said. So um, this is just a predictable pattern of CUNY time and time again, throwing progressive students under the bus, um, scrambling to, you know, defend against accusations of anti-Semitism, which are unfounded, um, not only by the content of her speech, but also the Jewish Law Student Association um, that are going to speak later on. So I won't talk about this too much, repeatedly saying that, you know, this is not, um, anti-Semitism, uh, this is not what Jewish students are concerned about. Um, we're actually concerned about the, the attacks that, you know, Palestinian students are facing. Um, but yeah, I think, um, this is just a pattern that's going to continue to repeat itself and get worse. Um, if we don't stand up to CUNY to say enough is enough. Right, Nardine, but within our lifetime and other groups were able to actually push the university to re repost or remake public the commencement speeches from this and last year. So tell us more about the We Stand with Fatima campaign um, and the action to disrupt the Board of Trustees meeting last night and, and other efforts you'd like to touch on. Yeah, we had a little more experience this time to put that campaign together, given that um, we had to mobilize similar efforts last year when city council held a so-called hearing on anti-Semitism, um, where they name dropped me. They talked about my speech multiple times. They compared me to the KKK and David Duke, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, you know, we knew to just kind of take from what we did last year, um, to, you know, stand against that and the broader We Stand with Nerdine campaign, which by the way, Fatima started. That whole campaign was Fatima's wow. idea. Um, and I just feel so honored to now, you know, have a similar campaign inspired by the same exact one that she started for me. But in her name, we stand with Fatima um, and getting, you know, as much support uh, for it, not just from the CUNY Jewish Law Students Association and, and um, SJP at the law school, but also the broader CUNY community. Every single SJP is signed on. We have faculty. Um, we have organizations that, you know, they're, they're, their main issue is not about Palestine. Um, like rank and file action, you know, um, union, unionizing efforts at CUNY, all of these progressive, um, movements coming together in defense, um, of Fatima free speech, um, and Palestine. And, um, we have over a thousand signatures. Um, I haven't checked it since last night, but every time I check it, it's like two, you know, another hundred signatures up, um, over a thousand signatures. We have almost every, stu every, um, CUNY law student organization signed onto it. And a lot of community um, organizations as well um, that, you know, in the past tried to be a little bit apolitical or didn't talk about these mm -hmm. issues, but seeing where that's gotten us, seeing how, um, how Arab Muslim women can face such vitriolic hate um, and violence for 
speaking up for a cause that we all believe in um, really helped people come together for this and say, again, enough is enough. Right. And the CUNY School of Law Jewish Law Students Association, or JALSA, wrote a letter in support of Fatima on May 21st saying, quote, it is disingenuous to characterize these factual descriptions as anti-Semitic when they describe the conditions of Palestinian life. Uh, to talk more about this, uh, we're joined by Mitchell, a 2021 graduate of CUNY Law and a former member of JALSA who has continued to be involved with the group. Mitchell, welcome to the Independent News Hour. How's it going? It's going good. It's great to have you with us and to join this conversation. Uh, can you talk about about why JALSA has taken part in the campaign to support Fatima? For sure. I mean, it's it's for a few reasons. The The first reason is because she's our classmate. She's our friend. We care about her. You know, quite frankly, the racist, Islamophobic, Zionist, misogynist campaign targeting her has been absolutely appalling and unfortunate. And, you know, and, and the university's decision to add on to that instead of condemning it and protecting their students is disgusting. And, and, you know, our, our chapter, our, the Jewish Law Students Association has been absolutely disgusted by it. Um, but also, you know, we want to, we want to clarify as the Jewish Law Students Association, because over the past few weeks of this entire, you know, hate campaign, we've had international and national Zionist organizations. We've had elected officials and public figures and professors at other universities, you know, talking about how this speech and, you know, Palestine organizing at CUNY Law is a threat to the safety of Jewish students and, you know, causes us to be fearful. And, you know, as the actual Jewish students at the school, that couldn't be further from the truth. We love her. That was, it, you know, her speech was wonderful and amazing. And it was a speech that many of the students at, at CUNY Law would have been, you know, happy to give. And and she was voted to be the commencement speaker for a reason. And, you know, this, this idea that, you know, the threat to Jewish safety is coming from our classmate and friend and not from the racist people who have been coming onto our social media since this campaign started and calling us all matter of disgusting names, calling us capos, calling us Nazis, you know, all these disgusting words and calling us, you know, demanding to see the list, the member list of JALSA to dox us. You know, it's, it's like the things that are threatening Jewish safety at CUNY are the people that are right now claiming to be speaking you know, on our behalf and, and defending us. And so we felt it important to clarify this. And in our solidarity statement, we, we mentioned that, you know, the people who are claiming to be speaking on our behalf are doing, are doing so directly against our wishes. And, you know, that if the university wants to stand with Jewish students, it will do so by standing with its students and protecting the student who is being victimized by a racist, disgusting campaign of, you know, violent, Islamophobia and slander and, and just hatred. Oh, thank you, Mitchell. 
So on the 31st of May, uh, Eric Adams hosted a Jewish American Heritage Month celebration, and that's where he denounced Muhammad in his speech. He also said, I'm so proud to be the mayor of the Tel Aviv of America. So there's a lot there. Um, and Nardine, you've already touched on this, but please expand on the power structures in the city and beyond that back Zionism. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Fatima's speech also did a good um a job of of showing the power structures that back Zionism. We know that the NYPD has an office in Jerusalem and that um through the deadly exchange program, NYPD and IDF soldiers um train together, US military trains together. And Eric Adams, uh being a former um NYPD officer himself is of course very aware of that. Um and his constant pandering to Zionists make it even more obvious. Not only um did he say that he's proud to be the mayor of Tel Aviv of America? He actually previously tweeted a few years ago that when he retires, he wants to retire um, in Palestine, like, you know, as a settler, basically. So, you know, it doesn't make him any different than the Zionist settlers that we're organizing against um, every single day. And um, it goes to show that, you know, everything was, that I was talking about in my speech, that Batman was talking about, that these... Um, power structures really target and spend hundreds of thousands to target, um, you know, volunteer organizing to target individuals like ourselves who are simply speaking up for the freedom of our people, for the liberation of our homelands, for the end to settler colonialism. Uh, but of course, you know, that's not going to happen without getting, you know, majorly attacked by these institutions that whether it's the cops showing up at our protests to try to stop us, um, from protesting, which, by the way, this year, um, the the police that um, came to our NECBA protest actually said that they had an order from the mayor's office to make sure that we don't use sound and that we don't march. Um, and this is actually a, a divergence from the previous um, administration. You know, not saying that he was any better, but, you know, they would kind of like just let us do our thing and not interfere um, as much. So it just goes to show that, um, Eric Adams really does want to make New York um, a Zionist city once again, and that these power structures are always working against us, both sides of the U.S. political establishment, Republicans and Democrats, um, paper like the tabloid press to the actual university um, chancellor and administration. You know, that's not even a sentence that you would think you would put together, that all of these people united to attack one student who spoke up for Palestinian liberation. But I think those attacks illustrate exactly what we're fighting against. And they're going to have the opposite um, effect of instead of silencing us when it comes to Palestine, really exposing to the world um, what they're trying to silence. And when you look into it, um, you know, you realize the truth and you support Palestine. Right. And, and Nardine and uh, Mitchell, uh, you know, I've been, this has attracted a lot of uh, national scrutiny and you know thinking about it this uh, to me this demand that all criticism of israel be strictly forbidden because it it might make uh, jewish students uncomfortable uh, to me brings to mind the actions taken by governor ron desantis in florida to restrict what is taught in florida schools Uh, in that state a teacher who teaches a history lesson say about slavery or anything else that induces uh, anxiety in a child or makes them uncomfortable with their white identity, that teacher can face criminal charges. Now, the details of what's happening in Florida and what's happening here in New York are somewhat different. Uh, 
But the underlying logic of repressing uncomfortable truths about oppression uh, seems similar. Uh, What do you think? Either either of you. Yeah, I'll just, um, you know, quickly say that a lot of the criticism that Fatma's getting is that her speech is like indicative of critical race theory being taught at uh, schools, which it is taught at CUNY. And that's great. Before it was an issue. We didn't even know it was an issue, uh, you know, nationwide um, culture war or whatever when we were taught that. But, um, yeah, I think that. Uh, you know, people always talk about cancel culture and liberals being snowflakes and all these things when the only cancel culture that I've seen um, actually be effective has been against Palestinians. I don't really see any of these other people um, getting canceled for their hateful words. Um, I don't see people um, like Ron DeSantis, like even the president, uh, the presidents of this country um, getting canceled for their terrible actions for sexual assault. I mean, we have um, Andrew Cuomo, who's a disgraced sexual harasser. He's the one who appointed every single trustee on the board of trustees that's sitting right now. So the legacy of this yeah. person who sexually harassed his workers um, is still the environment that we have to live in at CUNY. And nobody's canceling that. No one canceled him. His brother still has his show. Um, meanwhile, you know, Palestinian and adjacent students um, are silenced, are have to go into hiding when these kinds of things happening because of the death threats, the doxing, um, you know, things that I don't even want to speak about um, on the show to not um, exacerbate them. But I'll, I'll uh, give the rest of this time to Mitch to see if you have had anything to add to that, Mitchell. Yeah, I think I think I think the connection to the attacks happening against critical race theory and gender studies are really important because, you know, the we're talking a lot about anti-Semitism right now, and none of this is actually about anti-Semitism. The the people, the organizations, the forces, many of whom, you know, are not connected to CUNY in any way, who are, you know, using this situation to call for the defunding of CUNY and get, you know, get anti-Semitism out of CUNY. You know, they've been doing that for, for decades. They've been targeting CUNY and leftist activism, you know, for years. And, and the idea that this is just a situation with, where they, you know, have a handhold to grab onto, which is the, this commencement speech that they're using to do exactly what they wanted to do already. If you talk to, you know, a lot of these people three weeks ago and ask them if we should defund CUNY Law School, they would have said yes, even before, you know, this commencement speech. So I think the connection to the attacks against, you know, just other forms of, you know, radical thought and radical theory, I, I think that is really important to make because, you know, these attacks, despite despite the fact that they're sort of about anti-Semitism, they're not actually about anti-Semitism. Right. And, and uh, Mitch, I just wanted to follow up on that thought. Uh, Israel and its supporters have been pushing in international human rights bodies for criti- criticism of the uh, Israeli state to be uh, deemed anti-Semitic, and, and, and they have then fought to get uh, national governments behind this standard as well. And, uh, I mean, besides this uh, being uh, uh, dishonest, uh, can you talk about how it, uh, in our current contest context it's deeply dangerous given that it's the far right and the MAGA movement uh, that are currently a hotbed of virulent anti-Semitism that depicts Jews as the scheming mastermind, masterminds behind efforts to inundate this country with dark-skinned immigrants who will destroy traditional white Christian America. And that's where the real anti-Semitism is. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. I mean, the goal of the movement to define anti-Semitism and to, you know, for instance, the International Holocaust Remembrance Association or Alliance's definition of anti-Semitism to, you know, adopt that in different student bodies and governmental organizations. The goal of that movement is is not to do anything to protect Jewish people or do anything to, you know, defend Jewish people from anti-Semitism. The goal is to put a, a to put pressure on any situation where someone opposes Zionism or criticizes Israel or opposes Israel. The goal is to make it where anytime a situation arises where someone criticizes Israel, now we're having a lengthy conversation litigating whether or not it's anti-Semitic. And, you know, determining, oh well her, her statement said exactly this. Does that meet the def- you know, does that meet the definition? But but I want to note that, you know, none of this is about is about anti-Semitism. The goal here is not to defend Jews. It is to create a situation that makes discussing Palestinian liberation impossible because it's it's completely, you know, it's completely bombarded by people who are talking about anti-Semitism and talking about you know, the safety of Jewish students. You know, for instance, there was a two-year-old Palestinian recently murdered. And, and you know, it, it just feels so wrong that any talk, you know, when you bring that up, people talk about, oh, this is anti-Semitic tropes. This is blood libel. This is anti-Semitism. And so it, it, it makes it, it's a, it's a effort to make it impossible to literally just explain the literal existence of Palestinians and what is being done to them. Right. Uh, well said, Mitchell. So both of you, Nardine and Mitchell, uh, CUNY Law's slogan is the City University of New York, Law and the Advice and the Advance of Human Needs, um, as Fatima said in her speech. So it's also one of the only affordable law schools in the city. Um, can both of you quickly talk about why you were drawn to the school and then how that relates to uh, your fight against the university's censorship of pro-Palestinian speech? I think there's some ironies there. Yeah, as a Palestinian, I always knew that, you know, no matter what I say, no matter how much I try to appease, um, you know, liberal sensibilities about Palestine, I was going to be called anti-Semitic um, as long as I believe that Palestine should be free, no matter what, even if I didn't, just by being Palestinian. Um, I know that that happened. So I went to CUNY Law because it branded itself as a social justice law school, as the number one public interest law school in the country. And I thought, surely, if this is not the one place um, that a Palestinian can thrive in a, in a legal environment in New York City, then there is no, um, law school other than that for me to go to. It's actually the only place, um, that I applied to as a lifelong New Yorker and, uh, lifelong CUNY student. I went to CUNY in undergrad, um, as well. And, you know, in many ways it did ring true because as you can see, we have the support of the students. We have the support of the faculty, but the administration continues to undermine us. And then really it's CUNY central. The Board of Trustees obviously doesn't just represent CUNY law, but all 24 um, CUNY campuses. And it's them that continue to undermine us um, and throw us under the bus. Um, you know, this relates to my fight um, against the university censorship of pro-Palestinian speech, because th- these are these are the legal tools that we're going to be learning to defend against accusations like this, to defend students um, who are being kicked out of their universities, who are being silenced, censored, who are being, who have their speech chilled for this. You know, we have, um, 
a person at Palestine Legal now who was actually a CUNY law um, student as well that's, you know, defending us um, on these claims. So, you know, this is exactly what we went um, to the school to fight for. And it's sad that um, they're not reflecting that. Mitchell, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think I think CUNY Law School is this really interesting institution where um, I think it absolutely is an institution. And a lot of the stuff that comes with that is is still there and, and the same as other law schools. But it has a lot of really amazing professors, really amazing students who are doing amazing work and who go on to become wonderful public defenders, tenants, rights attorneys, um, you know, advocates for the press in, in all forms and movement attorneys. And and so I think, you know, the the censorship of pro-Palestine speech that is happening at CUNY is not happening from the students. It's not happening from the professors. Um, it, it's oftentimes happening from outside structures and from structures who, you know, I don't really think even get what makes CUNY law CUNY law. And, you know, that's what I want to highlight. The, the student body stands at Fatima. The, the faculty stands at Fatima. And, you know, that the the. The censorship of pro-Palestinian speech, that is that is happening against the wishes of the students and the faculty. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mitchell, former member of the Jewish Law Students Association or JALSA and Nardine Kaswani, chair of Within Our Lifetime Palestine, for joining us here on WBAI. You can find Within Our Lifetime Palestine on Instagram at W-O-L Palestine. And JALSA at CUNY, C-U-N-Y, J-L-S-A. So we are going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more of the Independent News Hour. Thank you for listening. زغرد صوت البارود شفت السماء مضوية لقلوب السماء رعود هذول فلسطينية لو زغرد صوت البارود شفت السماء مضوية لقلوب السماء رعود هذول فلسطينية 